What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of High and Wide Radio. I'm your host, Angry Jim, here with my co-host, Jack Smith. Jack, say what's up to everybody. What's up, everybody? We got a, a nice little surprise tonight. We have a, Tonight's a special night. We have a, a new member of the team, uh, a new member of... This is now a family. We have three members. His name's Kyle. What's going on, Kyle? Tell everybody a little bit about yourself, man. Are you excited? We're excited. Yeah, man, I'm pumped. I'm thrilled you guys have invited me on full time. I was actually secretly hoping for it the entire time, and you surprised <laughs> me, so it was nice. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. The people want to know who Kyle Warner is. I mean, huge Flyers fan, obviously. Tell us a little bit about that. I'm not all that special, and despite what Jim tells you, I don't drink Monster and I don't punch drywall. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me ask you this: When did you officially like become fly, like true Flyers fan? When you just could not get through your day if they had a bad game and you were pissed off and all that? When did it like become more than just what, something on TV or an event to go to? I'd say about twelve or thirteen. And, okay, so how many years would that be? I'm 28 now, and I'm not good at math, so you tell me. <laughs> well, you're younger than me, so I don't want to have this conversation anymore. Dude. So that's okay, so solid, you know, right around 15 years, maybe a little bit more. Okay, that's yeah, I mean, fan of it. My, my dad's been a diehard, obviously. He's seen the parades, he's been, uh, he, he was there for the cup, and. So, so they was, always had it on the TV. Who was like the top dogs on the Flyers back when you first got into it? Oh, you got Lindros and I. The guys I, I really remember the most was like Simone Gagne, Eric Desjardins. Those are the guys who stuck out to me. Okay, fair Dude. enough, fair enough. Well, so your watch begins here at uh, <laughs> IY Podcast. It's, Nice to have a third member maybe take the load off me and Jim just a little bit and get a different perspective on things. I appreciate it. Yeah, I I'll have try. a question for you, Kyle. Did yeah. did the Flyers losing ever make you want to go buy a pack of matches and spray paint? <laughs> you know, Jim, <laughs> I never, being, being a Kyle, I, I have a monthly subscription to matches and spray paint, so <laughs> I never had to go buy any of them. That's my last one for the night. Maybe maybe I'll do one per episode, and that's my limit there. Um, You're not going to help yourself. I know you, Jim. <laughs> nah, but on a serious note, we really are excited to have you on, man. Uh, you've only been with us for a week, and you're doing some huge things already. There's, uh, You were the one that got Riley Cote on our show next week, which you know everyone's uh, sure to be excited for. I know I'm excited. Um, yeah, we're, we're glad to have you on, man. So... Thanks for coming on. Uh, you know, hopefully this is the start of something cool. And you know, let's let's stop the sappy stuff and get into some flyer shit. How about that? Hell yeah, I'm in. All right. Yeah. So our first topic of the night is what's going on with Kevin Hayes. You know, they made this trade a couple weeks ago. Now was it last week? Um, seems like he's seems like the trade happened forever ago. Um, kind of getting some weird vibes. You know. Kyle, I'll get your opinion first. What do you think's going on with this situation? As far as I understand, I don't even think he's been to Philly yet, which makes me nervous. I, I <laughs> like you would think that if there was a, a conversation beforehand or 
something along those lines, he would have at least came to Philly to toured the place yet. But nope, he hasn't even been to Philly yet, as far as I understand it. Yeah, and that's kind of what I've heard too. I mean, I haven't heard anything that would convince me that he, uh, you know, wants to play in Philly that, or that he wants to even be in Philly. I mean, he, it's been, I would say, about a week, a week and a half, and the dude hasn't even expressed any interest in playing for the Flyers, I don't think. Uh, I know I know you kind of have to play that game, uh, that money game, because, of course, he wants to get, get paid. Uh, I, I assume this will probably be his last decent contract being 27 years old um so he's probably going to look for six years seven years something like that and he's going to want to get the most money he can get so if the flyers can only offer a six and they won't go over i'm sorry six years and let's say they won't go over 6.5 something like that you know and somebody else will a team like the rangers let's say um who, who know the player uh maybe they'll give him a little bit more term a little bit more money who knows whatever it is um yeah, I, I mean, it, the move by Fletcher was still a, a good move, just giving up the fifth-round pick. It just doesn't look like it's going to work out. Jack, I know you have some uh, things you want to chime in on. Uh, what, what, what's your take on the situation? Well, I understand what, what, how you guys feel, and that actually led to me doing a little bit of research. And just to throw some stuff at you here, um, I know he hasn't – been to Philly yet that is supposed to come this week if not early next week uh, at Chuck Fletcher's press conference with the, the guy his name something Flair he's for the he's like their draft guy they did ask him about that and he says he has preliminary discussions with the agent they did they talked about some things that they liked he said it went good it could be lip service but he he said it went good and all I can do is take him at his word now some things I got for you I got some Good and bad examples of when the Flyers trade for rights in the most recent history. So I'll give you the bad ones. Both in 2010, the Flyers traded for Daniel Hamus and Evgeny Nabokov. Both players failed to sign. Hamus and his his uh, situation, he was hell-bent on going to Vancouver. We had him, wouldn't sign. We traded his life, his rights to Pittsburgh. They, you know, they had Crosby. They were on a cup-contending team. He still didn't sign with them. Sometimes you just can't win Nabokov, more of a West Coast kind of player, didn't want to sign. Some of the good. Mark Streit, we acquired his rights on June 12th, 2013. He didn't sign a contract with us to June 28th. Uh, Ilya Bergalov acquired June 7th, 2011. When did he sign his contract? June 23rd. That's like two and a half weeks. Uh, Hartnell and Tiemann, they, they're, uh, they're only different. They were signed the day we got them, but that was the 19th of June. That's like a couple days before the draft. So, like, between Strait and Brisgalov, there's been like two and a half weeks worth of time before they actually signed. So there, this is, like, commonplace for this much time to go by. It's, not, it's nothing to worry about yet. This week and early next week is going to be really telling. I think these next eight days are going to be huge. So they got to get him in here. they got to talk to him. they got to hear something. But there's no need to panic yet. History shows that this is common practice, and I would not worry about it, dot, 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 yet. <laughs> Good points there by Jack. I mean, uh, you know, I guess that makes me feel a little bit more like, okay, let's wait and see what happens. Uh, but up until that, like, I've really just had not great vibes. Uh, I know there's a game to be played, and, you know, you don't want to sign too quick. Cause, you know, patience is key with this kind of stuff or whatever. But just doesn't look that great. And I I, I wonder if playing for the Rangers, I mean, I know 
I don't, I'm not sure if players nowadays really have that same hatred for, you know, rival teams. Because uh, it's kind of all about money, things like that. Who's going to pay the most? Uh, but I, I just wonder if that comes into play a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and, I, and then I wonder what kind of relationship he had with Alain Vigneault. Uh, you know, as soon as the trade went down, everyone's like, oh, you know, Vigneault's bringing his guys in. And I, I believe during Vigneault's tenure, Kevin Hayes was considered one of the younger players. I think he was 23, 24 uh, under his first season with Vigneault. I, I think. Uh, don't, uh, you know, don't, don't kill me for that, but... I don't know when Vigneault was fired, but he was basically basically like 22 to like 24 was like his years with Vigneault. Yeah, so I mean, to me that's a younger player and, you know, I'm not sure what their relationship was like, but, you know, everyone's talking a couple weeks ago, Vigneault's tough on the young guys, all of a sudden they trade for a guy who was young under Vigneault and, oh, it makes perfect sense, he's bringing in all of his guys and blah, 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 and then... Oh, by the way, we traded for him a week and a half ago, and he hasn't even visited the city yet. You know what I mean? Um, well, I, one thing I will say real quick, as I did hear about Vigneault bringing in his guys. Like, the one good news I heard was Vigneault wanted him. Like, that should say something. And yeah, he's, But he's not young anymore, so I'm not worried about that. Uh, a lot of coaches are rough on the young guys, you know. And, you know, Kevin Hayes hasn't exactly flourished. It's not like he's taken off. Uh, but he wants his guy. He, you know, Fletcher went and acquired his rights. He's being aggressive. If anything, that should be a good thing for Hayes. And I don't think there's any hatred with, you know, because he played for the Rangers. Because the Rangers were towards the end of their run when he got there, and he was not much of a contributor. Uh, I think he's about the money, and I think that's what it's going to come down to. And if anything, if he doesn't sign, it might not be the worst thing. Because I was hearing from certain guys who cover the Flyers that it might be more money than we expect, and that's kind of scary. I'm not paying him $7 million a year. Like, get out of here. So, no, that's a gross overpayment. And and these are legitimate sources. That, now, they, they haven't gotten it from real sources, but it's like a feeling they have with the market, the way the market – look at Jeff Skinner. Look what he – $9 million? Like, listen, he had a good season. Give me a break. He's a winger. Like, that's uh, – one year of that, too. So Kevin Hayes only had 55 points. Yeah, it's a, it's a decent amount, but seven upwards of seven mil. Just let him walk. Hey, worth it, man. And he's the number two center on the market. That only helps his value, and he's good defensively. So I'm a little nervous because I would rather let him walk if the number isn't right than overpay the shit out of him. So maybe it's not the worst thing, but it's still early, so we'll we'll see. What are your thoughts, Kyle? I agree with pretty much everything Jack said. I mean, I can't see paying this dude over six five at the most. I mean, th- even that seems a little high for me. I would like it to stay around the six or range at the most. But six five, I can understand. Like Jack says, the second best center on the market right now that, that you can acquire, not via trade. Yeah, I, I th- you're going to pay for that. You're right. You're right. Uh, I think. Honestly, I think Hayes has all the leverage being, like you guys mentioned, the second second best center on the market. Uh, Vigneault wanted him, okay? So if you truly want him, now you have to pay him because he doesn't want, let's just say, he doesn't want to be here. So you have to make it worth his while. Like if, if I'm his agent, these are the things that I'm saying. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, 
If they could do like a four-year 6.5, 6.7 type thing, I'd be comfortable with that. Uh, you know, uh, I guess if they front-load it or whatever, the cap is still going to be the cap. Uh, you know, I think eventually, let's say two, three years, he moves to the third line. Maybe Patrick flourishes a little bit, moves up to the second. Something like that. But I think six years and anything over 6.5 is just way too much. Uh, not saying I hate Kevin Hayes, but, you know, he's not that kind of player that I want for six years, I don't think. Anybody over, any player for six years, I think I get a little bit, oof, you know, unless they're like a like a, like a defenseman type guy, Provorov, Sanheim, a guy like that, who, who's really going to be a, a staple of your franchise for years to come. Kevin Hayes, I, I don't know about you guys, but I don't, when I, when I hear Kevin Hayes, I don't think, you know, a staple of a franchise, you know what I mean? He's definitely not a franchise center, but I mean, those guys would go for like no bullshit, like ten, eleven, twelve million dollars. And you, the reason we targeted him was we're not going for the Panarin or the you know the super top Duchesne, you know that kind of style player. So we better get a deal here. And if it gets to the point where it looks like we're not getting a deal, it's time to move on. And you know, I like him. I do. I like he's a big center. Uh, he's not. I made it sound like he was a little bit faster than he is, but he's also faster than people are on Twitter and elsewhere making it sound like. Like he can keep up with the play. So a big, tall center like that—that's a prototypical center. And if you—it's like the Flyers would have a number one center and then a two A and a two B, with one being on the third line, which is fantastic. It's it, it's kind of like with the Phillies when they traded uh, with the Carlos Santana. They were able to move Hoskins to first, and then they added a shortstop as well. So you didn't just help one position, you helped two. If we get a legitimate number two center in here, and then you help Patrick, not only his career and him as a player moving forward, but you upgrade your third line significantly, that's a win-win across the board. That's why I like this. And on top of that, he's defensively good, given how this team has been. With, you know, I'm hopefully Carter Hart turns the corner on the goaltending with that. We don't worry about that. But, you know, defense and all that, that's a big deal. So, and it's also Vigneault's team. This is how Vigneault wants to run the team. And he needs that piece. Like Kevin Hayes is that cog that makes his system run. Well, then I'm for it. And you got to be behind your coach. You can't just, you know, well, we're going to get this coach and just sign random top players. He targeted a guy, though, not just that he likes because he knows him. He likes and knows him, but he knows the system, too, which is what his job's going to be on the line with. He's going to run his system, and it's been successful. We've seen it. He's He's been to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup of Vancouver. He's been to the Cup with the Rangers. So give him the pieces he wants, and the only thing that comes down to me is the price. So if you can get him for a reasonable price, I'm in because it's it's Vigneault's team. It's his tenure. Let him have it. And, yeah, six years is rough. 27 is pretty young still. So – yeah, the only thing that I'm turned off by is what this price could be. Other than that, I'm in. Yeah, it's a soft 27, too. Remember that. He plays a soft game for a big fella. So even a six-year deal at 27, it's, it's not like you got to worry about him getting banged up or worn down. Yeah, it's like JVR. <laughs> it might not be that some bangers, but at least they'll be durable. And... One of the best abilities is availability, and given some of the injuries this team had last year, I'm all about that. Nice, nice Machiavelli quote right there. Love it when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, Kevin Hayes. Uh, we, before we wrap this up, I mean, we can go around. Kyle, you think he's going to sign with the Flyers? I don't know, man. I'm nervous about it. I hope he does, but I, I don't know, man. Partner, there's a little feeling in the back of my head that doesn't think he's going to sign here. All right, we got one no. Jack, what do you think? I'll say 60-40% that he does sign. All right, so we got 1-1. One, one. Uh, i got to be honest. I hope that he does sign. Uh, obviously for something, you know, flyer-friendly, team-friendly. Um, but do I think he will sign? I don't think he will. I want him to, you know, but I don't think he will. Um, he I, owes the flyers nothing, though. That's the thing. That's exactly. So you want him to sign. You want him to sign a team-friendly deal, which would be great. I mean, I would want Panarin to sign a team-friendly deal as well. But these guys owe nothing to us. It's not like he played here before or we drafted him or anything. He owes nothing to us, and that's what makes me nervous. One hundred percent right. And you, and you know what else? All this stuff uh, that Chuck Fletcher's coming out. You know, he's the number two guy on the market, or you know, and everyone's thinking it's a great thing that he used to play with Vigneault. Yeah, that's all great, but if, if I'm Kevin Hayes, that's all the more reason to pay me more money, you know? You have to convince me now. Like, I understand why you guys want me, but do you really want me, right? So I'm wondering if, you know, maybe Fletcher should stop talking a little bit or whatever. I mean, uh, whatever, whatever. This whole thing is just, it's going to piss me off, all right? Well, Jimmy, like you said, it's, it's, it's a game. It is. That's what it comes down to. It's a game, and can well. And this is like I've been critical of Fletcher, and I'm like, oh wow, he did something, you know, proactive. He was aggressive. This is great. You know, I like, finally something to be positive about. If ultimately he doesn't get him signed, you know, Provorov still isn't signed. Sandheim, Konechny, Hartman. You need to address defense. If you don't sign uh, Kevin Hayes, you got a two C problem. You need another winger uh, for your third line. So it's like a lot of time has passed and you've done a whole lot of nothing. So this is big. Like, you know, what's going on with Fletcher? This is this is nice, but if he doesn't sign him, it's nothing. We just lost a fifth-round pick. And while that's not as much as a concern to me as would have been in the past, same time, like, what are you doing, dude? So, hey, can you, I, know, you brought up a good point there. Can I bring something up here? So... I, I like I like that he's being proactive with some of these moves, you know, even even with the goaltending situation, the trading Stolarz for Talbot. I didn't really understand the trade. I thought it was a bad trade, but I understood why he was bringing in the player that he brought in in Cam Talbot, right? Um, it was a proactive move. He didn't wait till the offseason. He he got he he did something, okay. And I and I'm not a fan of doing something just to do it, even though that's what that kind of looked like. Um, and then. He was proactive here. Like that, we're we still have another game of uh, hockey left. I think that's tonight, right? Game seven. Tomorrow. Tomorrow night. Okay. And he's already making moves, so he's being proactive. The thing is, there's a a possibility that after both of those trades, the Flyers still need a backup goalie and they still need a second line center, right? Well, yeah, Jimmy, I don't mean to cut you off, but real quick. Why isn't Talbot signed yet? That's that's what I'm saying. He made two moves and everyone's like, oh, you know, two two trade Chuck, blah blah blah. Okay, they still need a backup goalie. Hello, there's they still don't have a second line center. They traded for a guy, but he's not under contract. There's still a 50-50 chance that come 
I don't know, when's free agency start? July 1st? Yeah. There's still a 50-50 chance that they're not going to have a backup goalie signed yet, and they're not going to have a second-line center signed yet. Do you know what I mean? So Yeah, well, no, no you just got my, my gears turning here because let me know how you feel about this, okay? So we trade Simmons. He gets a, a bad pick, which unfortunately for us didn't turn into a third because Nashville got bounced in the first round. So he got a fourth and a fourth liner for Wayne Simmons. I'll bet probably a young, good fourth liner, but nevertheless, a fourth liner. Traded a fifth round pick for Kevin Hayes. Say Kevin Hayes doesn't sign. He traded Stolars for Talbot. Say they don't re sign Stolars. So he lost an asset in Stolars and the fifth round pick this year. He doesn't, and it's say July 1st hits, and he's so far lost two assets for nothing. He's got nothing in return and a piss poor return on Simmons, which wasn't all his fault, but nevertheless, it was a pretty poor return. How do you feel about Fletcher then? Hey, there's a chance that they could have literally nothing in return except for that fourth round pick. If I don't know why everyone's assuming that Ryan Hartman's going to sign here, but you know what I mean? I, I mean, well, he's restricted, so it'd be tough if he didn't. Yeah, you know that's what true. I mean? Because he's only it's going to get an offer sheet. That's true. Yeah, uh, for I some mean, reason hey, I thought he was if UFA. If the conversation's good enough, you might take it. Depends. I don't know what somebody would sign him to. I have a feeling he'll be here. If anything, he'll be traded if they really want to move on from him. I have heard they're not completely in love with him, but that was the best deal they could get for Simmons. But yeah. you know, you're telling me say say they do say they do uh, offer sheet or or he trade him or whatever. So all you really got was like a fourth. You lost a fifth. You lost a, a young goaltending prospect in Stolars, and I don't care what you want to tell me about his injuries. Dude had value, not a ton. He had value. He was an asset, and you threw him away on a guy you didn't even resign. You could have traded him for picks. Like that's how this game works, and that's why I was so pissed at the time that that they did that. And now it looks even stupider. The Talbot never played, and now he's not going to resign. That's so strange to me. So if Talbot was held out on hitting free agency, you think he'd want to play more and not let Elliott play all the games. So I don't know who's having a change of heart here. Either way, it looks it looks stupid. They look silly right now. Yeah, no, you it's know. Early, I feel like we're getting really negative really fast. <laughs> Wrong show, right? <laughs> yes, I mean, I mean, real quick though, like. As far as Chuck Fletcher, and it's, I guess it's still too early to, to kind of, you know, get all fillied up on him, but he's, he's made moves, and honestly, we haven't seen anything come to fruition from them. Like, they're just moves, you know. Uh, who knows what was out there for Simmons? Apparently, they had a trade in place, and, you know, Simmons declined the trade, and, you know, whatever, whatever yeah, stories. Or GM. What's that? That's a piss poor GM move. I mean, you know your guy has an limited no trade movement clause, right? Yeah. Yeah. So why would you set up a whole trade before getting his approval? You just wasted how much time? And then you were in a scramble, so we got Hartman in the fourth. That's a good point because that Hartman deal went down at like whatever 59 before the trade deadline was over, you know? So, like, if you put all this time and effort into that deal with Calgary, and he goes, yeah, my wife's pregnant. I don't want to go to Calgary. i got to stay on the East Coast. <laughs> like, why would you waste all that time? There was other teams interested. Toronto, Boston. Like, just take your pick. Like, there was plenty of teams interested. And, yeah, that's a good point, too. I mean, yeah, we are going negative. But at the same time, <laughs> what have the Flyers done to improve their team? Technically nothing. Technically nothing. 
Draft's not here. They haven't made any real trades. They acquired rights, but the player's not signed. Uh, I tried to be positive at the beginning of the podcast, but the more we delve into it, it's not looking good right now. He needs a win. <laughs> he needs a win. I mean, we got guys that are going to be flyers no matter what, unless we get offer sheeted. Proveroff's not signed. I'm hearing he could hold out. I'm hearing that they're so far apart, he, it's going to go in well into the summer. And now you're not going to know your budget going into free agency. You're putting a legitimate free agency, especially if you don't sign Hayes. Heard nothing on Konechny, nothing on Hartman, Hartman nothing on Sanon. I said, like, two of those players are your blue line going forward. Konechny's a player this town loves and you have to love. And, you know, and Hartman's whatever. But, like, I just that's like a chunk of the roster right there that are all question marks. And then the tally throw the Talbot thing, and now he just looks silly. Uh, what the, what's going on exactly? He, that's, that's what it comes down to. He needs a win. This next week, he needs to either sign Hayes, sign a restricted free agent, because it's not going to be Proveroff, or make some kind of trade on defense that he's been rumored to make and make the team better. He better not lose that trade, like the some of the rumors we've been hearing. Like he, that's all I'm going to leave it at that. Fletcher needs a win. <laughs> he needs a win, and he needs it quick. Jack is fired up. What'd you put in that drink, Jackie? It is it is straight Jim Bean. <laughs> yeah, straight Jim Bean. Yeah. Woo-hoo. This is what, yeah, see? Unlocking it opens up the truth. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Should we move on? Nah, well, I got one more thing to say. Go ahead, Kyle. I got one more thing to say. The only thing that really makes me nervous with this whole pro situation is the dude is good enough that if a team feels like it, or if a team values him enough, he could get offer sheeted. You know what it is about offer sheets that make it weird? If to, it's for him to be offer sheeted and us not to match, he would have to be like seven and a half million up, you know? I think the compensation for that is four first-round picks. So what team is going to offer Ivan Provorov all that money in years and give up four first-round picks? I can see doing that for a player like Braden Point or Mitch Marner. And as much as I have Provorov after the season he just had, that's a tough sell. I don't know, man. And then if they it's lower than that, then the Flyers probably just match. So I, I, would, match, I would match up to 7.5, though. So it's what I'm saying. They would really have to overpay him for the Flyers not to match, and then that team has to be okay because it's based on money. So if it's that much, that's four first-round picks. That's a ton. I actually think in the next work stoppage, that's going to be an issue because nobody offer sheets, partly because the compensation is so ridiculous. So I wouldn't worry about offer sheets too much. I think if anybody's going to put all their eggs in one basket, it'll be for Marner or Point. But at the same time, I don't want Proveroff holding out and missing games because of this. Not all Fletcher's fault. I don't think he's quite worthy of the contract he's probably asking for after last season. So, no, I agree. So, I mean, now that I'm afraid that Proveroff's not going to sign, we can maybe move on. <laughs> move on to the. Uh, there's been rumors of the Flyers being open to trading the 11th overall pick. We can uh, start with Kyle again. Kyle, do you, what would you like to see them do with the 11th overall pick? Trade it. You'd like I, don't, to see them trade. I, don't, I don't see anybody that's not going to be here in next year for the 11th. So I would say let it go. Improve your team now. And especially if Hayes doesn't sign, you're going to need to package that 11th with something. 
Yeah, I kind of agree with you there. I mean, I, I can kind of see both sides of that. Uh, before I get to my point, I'll ask you, Jack, what would you like to see the Flyers do with the 11th overall pick? It, well, I'll tell you what, the only thing I don't want to see them do is trade for a guy like Truba because I don't think he's going to resign. I think he's hell-bent on hitting free agency next year, so it would be a waste. If we were one player away from a Stanley Cup run, maybe that's different, but we're not. So, yeah, I would love Truba, but he's not. I don't think he's going to resign. So as long as they don't waste the pick, I'm okay drafting because we got enough guys, we can make enough moves, and I, I, I like where we're at in this draft. We're going to get a good player. Um, yeah, it'll probably be in three or four years from now, but that being said, we do need to restock the farm a little bit. A lot of these guys are starting to graduate. Outside of Morgan Frost and Joel Farabee and maybe Isaac Radcliffe, there's not a whole lot. I mean, there, there is, but they're not as, as – they're not A prospects. They're Bs and Bs, B pluses, really. And even some people argue that neither Farabee or Morgan Cross are A prospects. They're good. They're very good, but they're not great. So there's a lot of names in this draft that I like. So I'm, I'm fine with them drafting there, trading up. I don't want to see them trade back, and I don't want to see them acquire a guy that they maybe have for a year and have to resign. Another guy might be doable, but Truba scares me, and you see a lot of that on Twitter. He does not want to resign. He wants to test free agency. He has ever since he was a restricted free agent. So that makes me nervous. I don't want to see them waste the pick on one year. That, that's how I feel about it. So perfectly fine with them staying where they are, trading up. And if they are going to trade for a player, he better have term or better love Philadelphia. Good points there. Um, for myself, and maybe this might be a surprise to some, I, I think they should use the pick. Uh you know, like, you mentioned you you mentioned that you know a lot of guys are graduating. Um, I think they have a lot of offensive depth uh, in the in the system. You mentioned guys like Farabee, Frost, Radcliffe. Uh, you know, they still have guys like Rupstov that have something to prove. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was in you know involved in some kind of a, a deal. Um, they they have other players in the Phantoms and other guys in the system. Um, but if you if you think about the defense, I mean, the last couple of years, we've been excited for guys like Sanheim. We've been excited for guys uh, like like Myers. Um, if you if you think about you know the young defensive prospects now, uh, besides maybe Zamula, who you know we'll see if this year was kind of like a flash in the pan type thing. Um, who else do they have as far as defensive prospects? I mean. Couple guys from last year's draft come to mind, and Wyatt Wiley's got a pretty cool name, um, but he's young. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I think I would like to see them use the pick on a defenseman. Keep keep stocking that cover, man, because they're not all going to make the pros. So eventually down the line, maybe you could use them as trade chips, or you can never have enough defensemen. I don't think. Um, so. Maybe to to the surprise to some, I would like to see the Flyers use the pick on maybe a winger or a defenseman. Jimmy, I, I completely agree with you. However, they better go best player available at 11, regardless of position. Mm-hmm. There are defensemen out there. I just, I'd be surprised if it fell our way. Um, Broberg's a guy I would love. I just, I don't think it'll work that way. Uh, and you're right. As far as defensive prospects go, I mean, some people still consider Mark Friedman to be in the mix. I don't think he'll ever 
He might have a cup of coffee in the NHL, but it's about as much as I think we'll get. You mentioned Zamula. And yeah, after that, it's like Linus Hogberg, Wyatt Wiley, Adam Ginning, who was drafted last year in the second round, who I don't even love as a pick. And then it really starts to trade off, like to trail off. They don't have a whole lot. Ideally, yeah, I would love if they traded up and got Bowen Byram as the top defenseman in the draft. But this guy's going to go like third or fourth. You know, and, and after that, Roberg's the name. Um, but even he's supposed to go eight, ninth in that range. And then the next defenseman uh, is Mortez Sider, and he's he's ranked as high as 14. And I don't even like him that. And Cam York as well. They're right in that range, the mid. But Flyers took either of those players in 11 to reach. And I don't want to reach. There's too many good guys in, this, in the, at least the top part of this draft. So. Ideally, I agree with you. They need to restock the defensive cover. If they don't do it in the first round, I'm okay with that. If they do it in later rounds, okay, I'll take it. So, you know, Goss is fair with third-round pick, man. You can find guys. So that's where I'm at with that. Interesting that you mentioned Shane Goss is fair right there. Kyle, do you have any other thoughts on the 11th overall pick? No, except that I just – I was the exact opposite of everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, hey, you know what? Let's let's go win now. But I'm kind of like, I'm a little bit standoffish. I'm not entirely sure that I trust Chuck Fletcher. I'm not sure if players see the Flyers the way they used to see the Flyers organization. You know, um, I think part of that was was Ed. And I'm getting maybe I'm going to get off a little bit here, but you know, I think part of that was Ed Snyder being involved. You know, it wasn't just. A business for Ed Snyder. It was something he was passionate about, uh, and I think his passion kind of trickled down to everybody in the organization. I think the players wanted to be a part of an organization like that. They wanted to play for an owner like that. Um, I think now, uh, and this is just my opinion, uh, the Flyers are kind of like any other organization. I don't think, you know, and I think Hextall might have had a lot to do with that, to tell you the truth. Uh, you heard stories after he was fired and Hackstall was fired of, you know, of uh, the older guys not being allowed in the dressing room, things like that, um, kind of sheltering, you know, the players from, you know, from from things that, you know, Flyers in the past became accustomed to. You know, the Flyers weren't the Flyers for a couple of years, basically. You know, does that make sense? Um, oh, absolutely. This, I mean, Hackstall flipped this organization on its head. I mean, you you really think that Hacksaw would have lasted as long as he did with Snyder still being alive? I think he would have killed him with his bare hands. <laughs> like, with how embarrassed they got in the playoffs against Pittsburgh and Washington. Are you kidding me? He would not have stood for that at all. That being said, we did need Hacksaw to come in and, you know, set the patient's precedent to get rid of some shit contract. I mean, that's just a fact. I never knew about that office stuff, like, you know, with the, what you were saying about the players eating healthy and not letting any alumni in. And, yeah, the organizations – but, see, Holgram's still there, so I don't think it's completely flipped. Uh, however, Holgram was aggressive and got shit done where that's why they brought Fletcher in, and Fletcher was supposed to get shit done. And so far, it's like uh, – Outside of hiring coaches, which don't affect your cap or anything at all, and Comcast has, they like print money, what have you done? And that's why I'm saying you need to win. And I think the uh, top dogs here are watching. And if nothing gets done this offseason, that could be that could be bad. And what scares me a little bit is, I think Fletcher knows that. So if he doesn't sign Hayes and he can't get a free agent, he might start trading guys that we like. 
He might trade. I mean, Ghost is gone at that point. But he might trade Connecting. He might trade other players that we like because they're not his guys. They're Hexall's guys. And if he does that just to make moves and get better players and go for the win now, it's going to hurt us in the long run. So that's something to look out for. Another reason why if Hayes doesn't sign, we could be a little nervous, especially if things don't get done. Shit, he could even trade for overalls. And not for four first-round picks either. It could be for, I don't know, whatever he thinks the team needs. And I've seen those wild teams. And while they were perennial playoff guys, they never really made it too far. So, And he likes Mike Yow for some odd, unknown reason. Christ, Mike Yow. It's <laughs> 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 the bald-head brotherhood, ain't it? Come on, man. Why do you got to go with the baldies? Is it because... I mean, listen... You can get it's. I promise you, it has nothing to do with that. I mean, I want to claw Julian. He's bald. <laughs> All right, whatever. I, you can get me back for that for the spray paint joke, but. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, All right. So we'll, we'll move on here. You mentioned Shane Goss's bear. Uh, for. He's been involved in rumors, I feel like, all year long, uh, since the trade deadline, at least. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on, on Goss' Bear? I mean, his name's come up on the show, I feel like, a number of times. Uh, I feel like by now most people know my thoughts and opinions on Goss' Bear. Um, Kyle, I'm, I'm curious to, to find out, you know, what do you think about Shane Goss' Bear, and what would you like to see? Uh, would you like to see him stick around and... You know, pair him with a, another defenseman, a defensive guy. Um, would you like to see them ship him out and see what, see what comes back for him? Or what would you like to see happen with Ghost? I wouldn't mind seeing Ghost get shipped. Um, it's just, what's the return going to be? Because the rumors today were, what, Byron and uh, Andrew Shaw? Like, yeah. I don't want anything to do with that. No, thank you. <laughs> Unless it's a part of a bigger deal. Like, unless you're bringing back a polling or a... I'm pretty sure I just botched that dude's name. Uh, or a Suzuki. I don't want... No, I don't want any any parts of that deal at all. If you're going to move the guy, you got to move him and replace the need right then and there for a top four defenseman. Somebody to play with Provorov or somebody to play on the second pair. That's going to be steady. That's not going to be an issue. That's not going to have maybe locker room problems surrounding him. That's not going to complain and make a bunch of excuses at the end of the year. I love it. Keep going. You got anything else? <laughs> no. <laughs> Are we the same person? What was that? Are we the same person? I feel like you just said everything that I think. Oh, wow. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> Jack, what are your thoughts, man? What would you like to see happen with Ghost? I'm all about trading them if the price is right. I mean, as you guys were saying, Andrew Shaw and Paul Byron, are you kidding me? I was looking up their stats. Like, Andrew Shaw had, like, a career year this year with 47 points. He'd even cracked 20 goals. Like, I think Pro, or, uh, Ghost has more points than that, and he's defenseman. Like, get out of here. Like, this is silly. Don't trade a guy for the sake of trading a guy. Don't just give him away. Is Andrew Shaw a flyer type of player? Would he look good on our third line? Absolutely. I'm not giving up Shane Goss' bear to get him. That makes no sense to me. That's why this, this offer we found out later, this, this trade that's been floated, came from a guy from Quebec. And it's bullshit. And that being said, you know, it seems like Shane Goss' bear has been in Chuck Fletcher's doghouse. 
and he's going to be the guy moved out, and I'm okay with that. I think we'll be taking a little bit of hit on value. But if you can get the right guy, or you can get a, a player from another team that is good and had a down year, then you do it, especially if he's more of a stay-at-home defenseman and let Provorov do his thing. I don't know who that player is. I got is. a guy in mind. Oh, I got a oh, guy. Oh, okay. All right. He's not 32 years old, signed seven years, right? Nope. <laughs> so I'm all about that. As much as I like what Shane brings to the table, his whininess really gets on my nerves. And he's he had a shit year, man, and he doesn't seem to think he did. I mean, he had 65 points last year. He played the same amount of games this year. He had 37. Like, that's a significant drop-off. Like, his assists were just not there. That was the main difference. He had 52 last year, 28 this year. 13 goals last year, 9 this year. Like, he couldn't even find the net at times. I mean, this is his worst season in the NHL by far. Well, not by Yeah, well, he had uh, one season, one of his earlier seasons, he had 39 goals. But, or, I'm sorry, points. But he was it was like his second year in the league. Now he's an established veteran on the top line. And what we thought, we were talking about at the beginning of this year, Proloff and Ghost was going to be an elite pairing because they were last year. They completely shit the bet. Can't do that. So, I mean, I, if we held on to him and he improves his value, I'd be okay with that. But in the back of my mind, it's to trade him later with more value. We trade him now. Okay. I just better like the return. But I would not be, oh, why did we trade Ghost? Like, he's one of my favorite players. God, no, that's not true. So, with that, Kyle, who, who is this guy? I want to I know who we're getting here. I keep hearing Risto, Risto or Rasmus Ristolainen's uh, name. As a one-for-one? One? As a one-for-one. One. That's intriguing. That's a hockey trade. That, yeah, exactly. we don't get a lot of those nowadays. That's a hockey trade, one-for-one. One. Uh, Risto as they call him in Buffalo, is 24 years old. He has three years left on his contract at 5.4 mil. He had a down year last year, same as Ghost. What, how many points did he have? I don't know. I'm trying to himself, but this thing ain't loading. Because he had 43 points. I mean, that's more than Ghost right there. and it doesn't. I don't think he's a crybaby. I mean, if it's... he's. How old's Ghost? Because Risto's 24, 24, almost 25. Okay, wow, they're the same age. <laughs> Similar stats. But Risto's 6'4", 215. And he's right-handed. They do need a right-handed. Oh. You know, that that's really interesting. I mean, Ghost's contracts... Hmm. Part of me does that. Part of me pulls the trigger just for the... I think he would... Match well with Provorov, I really do. Or or somebody else, and you can bump Sanheim up. I I don't think it's that crazy. I don't, are there any rumors of a swap like that? No, just rumors of Ghost on the block and Risto on the block. Not even so much as a rumor that they've called, contacted each other at all. Yeah, that could be tough. Uh, definitely intriguing. I don't know about one. For, Jimmy, would you do that one for one? I'd absolutely take a look at it. I mean. If you remember a couple months ago, we had Chris Wassel on of uh, MyNHLTradeRumors.com. Uh, he was telling me a little bit about Ristolainen. He thought he was actually going to be moved. He said there was a lot of teams in on him. Uh, teams like the Avalanche, a couple, a couple of borderline playoff teams were in on him. Uh, I think the Devils may have been. Actually, I, I can't remember if he said the Devils or not. 
Um, but a lot of the complaints were similar to Ghost complaints where, you know, his hockey sense is not that great. Uh, offensively, he, he's nice. Um, but as far as defense, he's, he's a bit of a liability. Um, I mean, it, but it's a, you know, right-handed shot. Uh, I think, you know, what we've heard for most of the off season or, or even during the season is that Provorov needs a defensive guy to play with so he can, or even the opposite. If he's playing with an offensive guy, he can focus more on defense. If he's playing with a defensive guy, you know, he's okay to focus on offense a little bit more. Um, it's definitely an interesting scenario. Uh, you know, Buffalo signing Skinner to that huge deal. Ghost is making, what, 4.5 for the next couple of years? You know, I, Anybody know I think so. I know, it's a, I know it's a deal. Whatever it is, it's a sweet four, deal. Yes, four years at 4.5. Okay, yeah, so I mean, that's nice. they'd, have a, they'd have a player for another year of uh, term, and they'd be shedding about uh, 900000 a salary cap with that trade. Um, or, or is it 800000 Something like that. If first the line's making 5.3, they trade for a guy that's making 4.5. I mean, I don't know. You know, 800000 doesn't sound like a lot. Um, but I, you know, I'm not sure what Buffalo's cap looks like after signing a guy like Skinner. I mean, they're not losing anything talent-wise. I mean, you could even argue that, you know, they're winning that trade if you if you talk to people on Flyers Twitter. Um, well, looking at their stats, I mean, the more I look at Ristolainen's stats, I don't know how I feel about a one-for-one. He can he averages over the last four years about 36 assists, about six seven goals. Um, so what's that like 44 points something in that range Ghost has a higher ceiling and a lesser contract but if he's disgruntled it's something to look into the only, the only one thing I'll say is Ristolainen has played for a bad Buffalo team so Perfect. yeah so if he was brought to a good team with good good offense uh, uh, well with Carter Hart probably one of the better goalies he's played with and better defensive players, maybe he turns into the player that got drafted in like the top 15, wherever it was. So that's something to look into as well. It was the eighth overall? Correct. Yeah, okay. So that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe it's something to look into. Maybe he turns into the player that should have, that was drafted in the top 10, because simply the players around him are that much better. That's a hell of a risk, but if you're looking to move ghosts for the sake of moving ghosts and you don't want to lose too much value... This is a route you could take. I don't know how much interest Buffalo would have. I mean, yeah, it would save them money on the cap for sure. Um, it'd be a risk. It'd be a risk. I just I don't see the team, at least at first on paper, improving, and people would really be questioning Fletcher. So I don't know. People love ghosts, especially you know people who like don't really follow the team that much, but really like offense, highlight real play. So. I don't know. He's got a lot of even straight points, so I, I do like that. So. What do you think, Kyle? What was that? What do you think? I mean, it, you brought the trade up, but uh, did you say if you if you would do it or not? Oh, I would do it. I would absolutely do that. Just because I like Risto as a player, so I'm a little biased. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you like about him? Oh, I think he, he adds size. He's a right-handed shot, something we desperately need, another right-handed shot back there mm-hmm. I think he would compliment Proveral whether it be either one improving each other's game 
I think they both would improve each other's game. Uh, being big, it adds another big stick in the zone. So, yes, okay, maybe he's not playing the greatest defense in Buffalo, but uh, he was the only defenseman in Buffalo for how long now? So, that's not a shocker. That's interesting. I think, you know, you guys are kind of persuading me a little bit. You know, the six foot four intrigues me. Um, you see a lot of guys say that, you know, size doesn't necessarily matter as long as there's skill and speed and. You know, some players that's true, but if I had to, if I had a choice between a six foot four guy with skill and speed versus a, a five foot nine guy with skill and speed, I'm taking a six four guy all day long, right? Um, you know, if let's just say Ghost and and Ristolainen are, you know, they they match up skill wise, I'll take Ristolainen because of his size and his right handed shot all day long. Um, the Flyers desperately need a right handed defenseman, and uh, you know, having a six foot four guy can never really be a bad thing. You know, he's a, an offensive guy. He can create. Um, I think I would do it, could too. You, could I, you imagine the defense, though, if you added a Ristolina? Yeah, we would yeah. Be, it would just be a bunch of towers back there. Yeah. I mean, Sandheim's huge. If Morin gets to actually play, which he should be, I mean, what's the average height back there? Six foot four? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it sounds like we all are kind of in agreement there. Risk the line for Ghost. Chuck, get it done. And we know you're listening. Uh, we expect <laughs> it done. We expect it done by Friday. And, uh, you know, if you. See if you can get something else. See if you can get him to ship you, you know, a third round pick or something. <laughs> yeah, so we need to get some of them back. Yeah, because he's kind of just giving them away for free. <laughs> um, another, another kind of a, a rumor that was flying around earlier this week or end of last week was Nolan Patrick's name came up in, in trade rumors. I think it was Elliot Friedman that brought it up on his podcast. He actually said that the Flyers are shopping Patrick. What do you guys think about that, Jack? We can start with you first. There's no way in hell they're shopping Nolan Patrick. I don't believe that. The kid's 20 years old. They're not shopping Nolan Patrick. Are they listening? Sure. Totally different thing. There's no way they're saying, hey, we're uh, trying to get rid of this guy. Are you interested? There's no way. We hear so many more rumors if that were even remotely true. There's no way. Like, am I a little concerned? Yeah. He's played two years. He had, he's got 30 and 31 points. I, I mean, yeah, he's got 13 goals both years. He was supposed to be our second-line center. He's not ready. Okay, he's 20 years old. He's not ready. Sorry, he's not, you know, a guy. He's not... Elias Pedersen here. He's, some guys develop slower. There's no need to hit the panic button because guys developing slowly. What they're doing with Kevin Hayes and bumping Nolan Patrick down, that's a smart move. So, remind you, Elliot Friedman's also the same guy who said Hacksaw was fired before he was and that we signed Joel Quenville as our head coach, which I believe he is in Florida now. So, I don't think that was true. And this was back in December. So, take what he says with a grain of salt. What are your thoughts, Kyle? I didn't know that Elliot Friedman was the one who started that rumor. I thought it was uh, David Isaiah, but I'm not sure. Oh, Isaiah. Oh, you're right. It was David Isaiah. Who did you say, Elliot Friedman? Yeah. Or who just whoever the guy who was just on the Jimmy, podcast talking you, about? Who did you? Who did you say? So Elliot Friedman came out with oh, the yeah, uh, Patrick. Oh yeah, I went off the rails there. See, Elliot Friedman. Now I still okay. I take back what I said about. Uh, because you're right, uh, Kyle. It definitely wasn't Elliot Friedman. It was local guys. Uh, but yeah, I, I still don't believe he's being shot. I 100% don't. What, you're going to shot a 20-year-old former second overall pick after two seasons? 
because he's not your second line center. I find that really hard to believe. I'm wondering what they would be shopping him for. Like, what are you looking to get for Nolan Patrick? Um, well, here's the thing, and this scared the hell out of me, and I was waiting to bring this up, so I'm sorry to jump in again. I heard a rumor, or read a rumor, it was Ghost and Patrick for Spurgeon. Like, are you it took massive, holy, holy overpayment, Batman. Are you kidding me? You know what? I almost that hope that that's... It's like somebody writing shit down and throwing it at a wall. Which makes me think this Elliot Friedman thing is crap. And I actually respect Elliot Friedman. That's why I think I thought the trade was so... The, what you said was so ridiculous that I thought it was somebody else. What, so, Kyle, what are your thoughts here? Would would you move Patrick? Do you think the rumors are bullshit? Or what do you... What do you... Uh, well, usually where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, a guy like Elliot Friedman does have credibility, mm-hmm. but I can't see. I mean, if you stuck me as the GM of the Flyers, there's absolutely no way I would do anything except listen to a voicemail about Patrick. Like, you're not going to be able to get a hold of me unless you're <laughs> blowing my doors off. So, if, if, if there's any truth to this rumor at all, I believe that maybe somebody called and offered something and we said, no, you got to do better than that if you want Patrick. And that got translated into somehow we're shopping him. Yes, exactly. That, that's, that had to have been what happened. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, I jumped off the rails there hearing that. Like, my blood started to boil because that's – it's such an overreaction. It's stupid. That's when you end up trading guys that – Go to another team, you become Hall of Famers. When you when you hit the panic button that fast, it's it's just silly. It's a, it's a really bad move. I find it a little bit interesting here. Like throughout the course of the season, uh, I kind of voiced my displeasure with some of the the locker room personalities uh, in Gossespear and and Voracek, and I'm not going to rag on those guys, but you know that kind of stuff, especially when you have a young team like the Flyers do, it can spread. And, you know, Nolan Patrick was the second overall pick uh, a couple years ago in a a not-so-great draft, or or so they thought at the time. Um, So not not to diminish his skills or anything, but he was almost the second overall pick by default. Um, Nobody was really excited for him, that kind of deal. Um, It was kind of just like, okay, uh, Nico Hichier is going one, and Nolan Patrick's going two, and... You know, neither of them are going to be superstars, but they're the they're the top two guys, right? Um, <clears throat> it seems to me that he he had, and I know he's young. I know he's only 20 years old. That's a kid still. It, it looks to me like he has the inflated ego type thing, where you know he's he 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 kind of walks around like his shit doesn't stink already, and hasn't really earned that that you know. Um, so I wonder if they are shopping him because maybe he's a, a little bit of an asshole. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. That's interesting. And then if they are shopping him for me, it's what what do you expect to get back for Nolan Patrick? Because you could say, you know, second overall pick and he's only 20 years old. He's got a lot of upside. But the last two years, he hasn't put up second overall pick numbers. He's put up back-to-back 30-point seasons. Uh, I, I believe he was hurt for an, a little bit in each year. Um, what do you expect to get back for him? And, and wh- you know, this this team has holes that need to be filled. I'm not sure you fill one of those holes with 
trading Nolan Patrick. I'm not sure he brings back a top two defenseman uh, or, or something that we're looking for. I, I think you get lowballed in a trade for, for Nolan Patrick, to be quite honest with you. And I hope those rumors aren't true because I, I like that they, they traded for Kevin Hayes. I hope they can get him signed. I like the idea that Patrick will be playing on the third line and the Flyers will suddenly have depth, you know. Um, I hope the rumors aren't true, bottom line, and I hope Patrick is still here come start of next year. Uh, I mean, do you guys have anything you want to add into that topic? Go ahead, Kyle. No, I'm good. We covered everything on that from my standpoint anyway. I'll just reiterate what I was saying before. I don't want a Tyler Sagan on our hands here. Boston jumped the gun, traded him to Dallas. He's now one of the top, what, 10, 15 players in the league. I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't panic. And like you just said, we're going to get lowballed if you're trading a guy who's drafted this guy. If you're even entertaining trading him after two seasons, that means something's not going right. And it's not like he raped some girl or something like that, and they need to move him or. You know, like Patrick Kane situation, something weird like that. Like he just had two met seasons, and if you start moving guys every time they have a down year, you're not going to have much left because you're going to get low balled in every scenario, and you're going to lose. And plenty of guys start off slow just because he was in the NHL right away. I mean, Nico Hischier hasn't been much better, to be honest. There's plenty of guys that are just slower developers. Patrick Line had a down year. Do you really think the Winnipeg Jets are going to move him? No, it's not happening. Don't press the panic button. If anything, you're going to get a deal on his first contract when he's, you know, a restricted free agent. That's the way I look at it. Making your third line center for the next, you know, three years and have him overtake Hayes if he's the guy you sign and then turn into a stud. That's what you got to do. You got to see this out. You made a commitment to this guy. You don't just see something you don't like and panic. And really, it wasn't that bad. So I'm not I'm not jumping to conclusions. I'm not hearing things like they're shopping him because somebody asked for him and thinking it has any legitimacy. So it's silly season right now, and things like this get reported when they shouldn't be. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's just right now it's just rumors. When there's quite a few of them floating around. Um, we're coming up on almost an hour here. I'll tell you what's not a rumor, and Kyle, I'll, I'll let you take us home here is our guest next week. That's absolutely not a rumor. That's confirmed. Kyle, I know we mentioned it earlier in the show. You got him. Who do we got coming on next week? One more time. We got Riley Cote coming on next week. Former Flyer, former Phantom. Big-time Philly guy. Big-time into the hemp cannabis uh, oil industry right now. I can't wait to interview this man. He's excited to come on. He's pumped. We're all ready. I mean, I'm pumped. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm pumped. I was a, actually a Riley Cote fan. I actually like that style of players, as Jack knows, and Kyle, you're going to find out. Uh, I feel like, you know, there needs to be more of these guys in the league. Um, you're seeing guys like Brad Marchand kind of take liberties with players. Or, you know, I think you saw a guy like Bartuzo the other night. The game was well out of reach. Um, pretty much having taken liberties with whoever he wanted towards the end of the game. A guy like Riley Cote, when, when he played, I believe was necessary. You know, people will have their opinions on that. It is what he is, what it is. Either way, super stoked to talk to Riley Cote next week. I, I'm someone who uses CBD oils myself, and um, I have my medical marijuana card. I get high CBD strains. 
does crazy wonders for me. So excited to ask Kote some questions. Um, Jack, any last words before we wrap this baby up? No, I'm definitely excited as well. I've done a lot of research and hearing that will be graced with his presence. I loved him as a player. He's the reason they didn't mess with some of our star players back in the the hide wide. Um, that being said, I'm very interested to hear what he has to say. I'm excited to interview him, and really, this is really good for our for us right now. And I, uh, this summer should be interesting. Where a lot of people of other podcasts becoming dormant, and you're really starved for comment, but not content excuse me but not here on high and wide so looking forward to that for sure absolutely you want to throw up your twitter handle real quick jack jack underscore hw radio please tweet me you know i want to talk about what you guys think about kevin hayes about ghost about patrick about getting the right analyst correct and who reports trades <laughs> you know you know the whole the whole night Go ahead, Kyle. Your first ever time on High and Wide Radio as official team member throwing up your Twitter handle. Take us home, big guy. Thanks, everybody. Uh, yeah, my Twitter handle is WarnerKyle29. Uh, real simple. Sweet to the point. I like to keep it that way. <laughs> That's your name. What's up with 29? Uh, well, 29 was, is A, my birthday. I was born on May 29th. Oh, happy belated birthday. You just turned 28 then, huh? Correct. That would have been that would have yeah. been nice to put in your little five-minute intro there. Happy birthday, Kyle. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, and 29 was the number I wore in high school for hockey. All right. You weren't a goalie, were you? Negative. Okay, good. He definitely wasn't a goalie. I can confirm that for sure. <laughs> I've heard stories. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right, so, I mean, that's going to wrap it up for us, guys. Uh, yeah, exciting things coming to High and Wide Radio. Um, first exciting thing tonight, we have a new team member. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter, Jim underscore HW Radio. Uh, make sure you follow the podcast handle as well, at HW underscore radio underscore. Don't forget there's two underscores. Um, that's where we, we put the podcast out there first, and then, you know, we retweet the shit out of it. You can follow us, follow us on Facebook, High and Wide Radio. Kyle's doing some cool shit on there. Um, yeah, exciting things coming, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll, we'll be back next week with Riley Cote. So we're going to sign off.